right? So like we want to help people go from like being fragile to feeling resilient, you know? So that, that's one example. Like, so there's a few, uh, like for example, in our philosophy, a, a big part of it is effective communication and an attentiveness to your language that you use, right? So like for us as physios, that's very important because depending on what I say and how I say it, uh, I could really influence someone's behavior. I could really influence their mindset. This episode of the Smart Athlete Podcast is brought to you by Solpre. If you're active at all, whether you're running or simply out walking for the day, you've probably experienced one of the number one problems that active people have, and that's chafing. Solpre's all-new, all-natural anti-chafe balm solves that problem while feeding your skin the vital nutrients it needs to be healthy. If you'd like to stop chafing once and for all and treat your body right, Go to Solpri.com to check out the anti-chafe bomb today. And that's S-O-L-P-R-I.com. Welcome to the Smart Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Funk. My guests today have a lot in common. So um, as they said, they're basically married. So I'm going to introduce them together. It's a, a new thing for me here on the podcast. I don't know that I've ever had a not married married couple. Um, but they'll explain that here in a minute. Um, they're co-founders of the Movement PTs, co-hosts of the PT Copycast. They both have masters, uh, their master's degrees in physical therapy. Welcome to the show, Dalton Leno and Will Nicholson. Jesse, thanks for having us. Yeah, we're definitely uh, we're definitely the married but not married couple. There's one more to the to the married. We're a trio actually, and it, we have another founder of of the of the clinic, Don. So he's not on the podcast today, but there's three of us. So it's a it's a wacky relationship to say the least. But thanks for having us. Yeah, no. So I saw, I you know, as I was doing my, um, uh, as another guest affectionately referred to it, my stalking um, to get ready to talk to you guys, I did see that there was the third, and I was going to ask, is that, is he the third wheel or is he like the the puppet master? What what dynamic d- does he take on? He he's the puppet master. He, <laughs> he makes the he makes the ship run, you know, and, and he's just behind the scenes crushing it. No, he we. Uh, you know, we'll probably get into our story a little bit so we could, we could explain where, where Don kind of came into, to our marriage. Me and Will were married first and then we married Don into the, the picture. <laughs> In like super, super short, it's like face of the podcast is Dalton, beard of the podcast is Will. Yeah. And then occasional, you know, side person on the podcast is Don. Yeah. <laughs> it keeps everything interesting. You know, um, one thing I, I like, I always wonder about is, you know, with this show, uh, and then, you know, with you guys' other podcast, that's kind of, as you mentioned before, we got going more local to kind of what, what's going on with you guys. You know, I've got new guests every week. So uh, just by virtue of the format, I've got new topics. So like, if it's the three of you getting together every week, like, are, are you brainstorming topics? Like, how, how are you not just like sitting in a room staring at each other, and then people are going what's happening right now like there's there's no audio yeah i mean we i think i think we just we just want to talk to 
from from the podcast that we started within our our local community is like we just wanted to we just wanted to talk to people that were doing cool stuff like in the area that we are we're in um we're in Dundas, Ontario, which is which is a, a, a smaller town within Hamilton um, that's outside of Toronto. So we're we're kind of in that general area there, and it's a really cool place with a lot of a, a lot of uh, cool businesses, very like local feel to it, and there's a lot of people doing some cool stuff. So we just wanted to talk to to those people and see how it's going. So it's honestly not much planning because it's like, hey, there's a cool person. Let's see if they want to come and chat about what they're doing. So yeah. I mean, and then also like me and Dalton started our first podcast when we were in university a few years back. So we've sort of just by nature of going through that, we've come up with a bit of a system for how we go about that. Like Dalton does the podcast planning, but we also understand what our podcast is about at this point. And it's easy for us to like decide who should come on for guests because mm-hmm. we've done so frequently. So I'd say that's helped, you know, I always figure like, it, it, you know, and I have things to talk about, but as a divergence here, if I run out of things to talk about, I can always just, you know, if you're not watching the YouTube version and you're listening, you're missing out on this detail. Um, but I would go like, uh, you know, poke it, at what's going on in the scene. You guys have like a, a board in the background with some kind of thing on it or, or will, I would ask you about why you've got flamingos on your shirt or, or, or accuse you of being the party guy. Um, something like that. Yeah. There's always, there's always ways you can keep conversations. <laughs> Those are some interesting questions. <laughs> yeah. We're going to leave it unanswered. Apparently we just, <laughs> the flamingo beard guy. So, I mean, I guess that leads me to the question of are you will are you going to split off and do like a styling podcast where you're just talking about like this is how to dress and groom your beard and like split off and do a whole new thing i think you know it's more of a branding there's there's a tactic to what i'm wearing (laughs) (laughs) so basically i'll give you i'll give you the short here so we make these posts uh where i hold like you ever seen that sign guy Mm -hmm. Right. So we do something similar for our stuff. And whenever I do it, I wear a crazy shirt like this and I wear like a hat with like sunglasses and I've obviously got a pretty big beard. So it like, it stands out. It's funny, you know, and it just like makes the the content, which is sometimes a little provocative. Like it makes it a little more like fun. Yeah. Lighthearted rather than like an attack. (laughs) (laughs) So what, I mean, what do you, are you like, are you like fat shaming people? What what are these, what are these posts if they're so provocative? (laughs) No, they're, they're aligned with what we're striving for. Right. Which is like our business, like on a high level, we're trying to change the way that people think about health. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're trying to change the way that people think about healthcare. And so it'll be things like, you know, uh, running is not bad for your knees. Mm -hmm. The reason I've talked talked about that is because a lot of people, think it's bad for your knees yeah not like yeah we're not we're not trying to shame people (laughs) (laughs) just getting some good good conversation going around topics that tend to have some misunderstanding i think i always i always have trouble with where's just the right line between like grabbing people's attention 
and being too inflammatory. So I often like just steer away from that entirely because <laughs> I'd, I'd like, let's just not get myself in too much trouble. Um, you know, but, but I mean, that's the name of the game, right? It's like eyeballs, attention, like having conversations and kind of sharing the message. Yeah. And I feel like we've been doing, we've been doing the content stuff for a while now. Like when we first started putting out content, like what I was saying was back when we were in physio school and, you know, we never really pushed things that were super at like provocative in any way, but we learned, you know, along the way, how to be more intentional with the content that we put out, um, how to be a little bit more strategic, like, especially with the way that we go about talking about healthcare and, and physio is like, you know, there's a lot of nuance to the conversation and in, in, in Instagram and social media doesn't have any of that. So mm-hmm. we've started to kind of try to post content that, that can be like, they can be informative, but, you know, leave the fact that there's going to be nuance within that. And, and I mean, we often do that in the caption of the, of the, of the post, but we've just been a lot more strategic and intentional with how we, we post things to avoid situations like that. Cause that's not kind of what we're about. Yeah. yeah. Like fair to like capture someone's attention in a way, you know, but without just purely being provocative, you know, they can be like, we strive for challenging ideas, right? Because ultimately our goal is to transform how people are thinking, right? We're not just trying to speak to people that already believe what we believe, but it's, it's to challenge them on those thoughts while still being like, Hey, we're here, we're writing this for you, right? Like it's not to just provoke you and make you mad, mm-hmm. right? there's a purpose behind it. Well, I mean, I want to, I guess, give you a, a small round of applause. I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, but I also know it's a pretty big hill to climb because it's much easier. Um, so for you listening, if you're not into marketing at all, it's much easier just to like yell out and be like, so let's go back to fat shaming. And I don't believe either of these statements, but just for this example, just being like fat people are evil or fat people are the best people on the planet. Neither statement are true. There's nuance, which we're talking about, but like when you yell one or the other, it's easier for like the, everybody that agrees with that statement to like magnetize and attract to you versus having a conversation about like, I guess my actual opinion would be like, there's nothing inherently wrong with like a, person who's fat but there are health risks associated with being fat and both of those things are worthwhile conversations but it's hard to have it when as you said like instagram's all about like this post or whatever just like you know like i said that that shooting out those signals and i I don't know do you guys do i mean you do the podcast obviously do you do any video content like I, I, I talk about running specifically uh, on the, the YouTube channel. Uh, so for you listening, if you're not on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Solpri, um, if you want to know more about running. But like in the video format, it's much easier for me to be like, I can make a weird thumbnail or something to get people to click and then be like, okay, let's talk about all the little scenarios in here. Even if it's just, it's not an ethical question. It's a matter of like, what's the best way to run a fast 5K? it depends yeah and i mean that's the tough like that's the tough part with with 
the way, you know, that we operate is that we do want to make sure we're thinking of all of those things, right. And how to express those. So, I mean, I, I feel, I feel like Will can really speak to, to that because he's, he's spent a lot of time like creating the content that we put out. So I, I'm going to let him take that one. Yeah. I think what you have to think about is like, people are all like, Oh, like what am I going to post? That's going to get me more subscribers or like more followers. Right. But here's the thing, like in our circumstance, at least it's not really about that. Right. Because like, it's more like that our, what we're saying and what we're putting out aligns with what we actually do and our true philosophies, because we don't want to just get, like, if we put a really provocative post, that's like not really who we are. And then we get more followers because of that. It's like, what is that? Where are they going to go next? Right. It's not a long-term strategy that actually helps uh, build you more business. Right. Whereas like being true, even if you're reaching a few people or the people that you're bringing in are then going to your social and they're seeing that everything's aligning. Right. That's where you're actually going to create impact and it's actually going to improve your business. Right. Instead Mm -hmm. of just driving followers where those followers don't really mean that much because they're not the people that you want to be talking to. Right. Yeah. So I guess it's a good way to lead into like, is there a succinct way to sum up like what your philosophy is or like the mission that you're trying to accomplish or or the mindset you're trying to change? I don't know if there's a super succinct way, but there's things that we want to transform, Mm -hmm. right? So like, we want to help people go from like being fragile to feeling resilient, you know? So that, that's one example. Like, so there's a few, uh, like, for example, in our philosophy, a, a big part of it is effective communication and an attentiveness to your language that you use. Right. So like for us as physios, that's very important because depending on what I say and how I say it, Uh, I could really influence someone's behavior. I could really influence their mindset and I want it to be resilient, right? I want them to think I can get better. Uh, I can work on this. My pain is under my control, right? So that's kind of like the underpinning of our philosophy is a lot about that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we're talking about sports and exercise and whatnot, right? Like we're extremely like active focused right? We don't want people to come and get fixed. We want them to be able to fix themselves essentially, right? Through active means, which are ultimately going to actually improve their function and their quality of life. So that, that's a couple things. One last thing like that I think is really important that I missed is like just considering the whole picture. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times in healthcare, you know, people will zone in on one thing, whether that's like an image finding or just like one, like, you know, a movement fault, let's call it something like that. And they just zone in. But a really good way to think about this is like, if you're looking at a painting and you're just looking at like one portion of the painting, you're missing the whole picture. So like our philosophy is like, look at broadly at 
all the components of health uh, and at the psychological components of health at like from a social level, how did those things come together to influence this person and where they need to go? Does that make sense? Yeah, I no, I'm that was sure. a lot. No, no, it, <laughs> there's a lot there. I'm trying to, um, I'm trying, gosh, no, no, that's what I'm, I'm confusing my terms. So you're, you're reminding me of like, number one, I was going to ask you if you guys had read uh, Marcus Aurelius's meditations, because some of the things you're reminding me of was like stoicism and it's about, I mean, which is a, a big part of just being a sports person in general is like delayed gratification and all these kind of things. But also um, the first thing that came to my head was the Gnostics, which is not what I was thinking about. I'm thinking about uh, Gestalt, which is a psychological discipline, thinking about the uh, sum is greater than uh, the, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. So, you know, as you're talking about thinking about the entire picture instead of zoning in on a particular piece it's like you, you sometimes you miss the greater meaning by focusing on even if you're seeing each individual piece at a time you're not necessarily getting the collection of that idea so just anyway it, it may be curious whether you guys <laughs> in school or whatever or just growing up had you know kind of been um exposed to those kinds of things or whether it's that's simply an extrapolation on my part i mean what you said makes makes sense it's kind of what we're, we're talking about i don't i've never read i've never read that book but um you know a big part of what we've started to to do and learn about is just in a, in a small sense like a biopsychosocial model of how we view an individual where it's not just like and especially when it comes to the context of injury a lot of times people are just solely focused on the physiological side of things mm -hmm. or the mechanical side of things, which are important by like, of course they're very important, but there's also a human being in front of you that again, like Will had mentioned, will have different beliefs around their injury, will have a different um, way that they see the world. They'll have, you know, some stress in their life. They'll have lack of sleep that maybe their nutrition is off. Like all of those things we know now, like can influence someone's pain experience. Um, and when someone's coming to us, not, not all the time, but most, most of the time they're coming because they have some form of injury or pain that's keeping them from doing something that they love. Right. Um, so what, what we've realized is all those things influence it. And, and if we don't take the time to address all, all of those things, we're probably not doing our best job in terms of serving that individual. Um, and that's why I think it's a big part of what we do. It's really interesting because it's like, uh, I like what you said about like, you know, you, even if you're looking multifactorially, let's say, it doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're going to help that person better, right? Like if you're just, oh, there's this factor, there's this factor, there's this factor, that's not really the goal, right? I think a lot of it actually comes from, like for me, why, and just to be straight up, we didn't necessarily learn this uh, kind of stuff. Like we did and we didn't in school. Right. I think actually, personally, my athletic background uh, and being a leader in my sporting environment really just helped me view things through this lens. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of this is leadership, right? Right. It's like, you know, you are tackling things as they emerge, but you're paying attention to all these things. You're not just checking little boxes. 
you're seeing how is it relevant here? How can I like, you know, use this to create some type of change or some type of mindset shift in the person that I'm working with at that moment? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is something that went, I don't always have guests that are, are actively working with clients. Um, so I always, it, it's such an open-ended question that you may not have an answer, but hopefully you do. I, I always like to ask about, can you think about like big client trans, big client transformations, if I can speak, um, in, in any stories of like those kind of people that you, you can share? I, I just find sometimes it's easier for people to relate when they can hear like an actual story of somebody's transformation. And, you know, if you can't share, that's also fine. You know, I don't know what kind of like client confidentiality you have, and I don't want to try to, you know, poke into that, but just if you have any stories, um, I always find it's nice to hear them and kind of the things that like your actual clients have gone through. Yeah. I, I mean, something that, that comes to mind, I think is, you know, just to almost lay like a, a picture of how we, we would approach someone, right? Like we, we want to find out why someone's coming to see us and it's not because their, their knee hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, but it's not, it's, it's usually deeper than that. Right. So one thing that we try to do is figure out, okay, well, what is, what is someone's why, why are they actually here? So most people are like, well, I have knee pain. Well, well, why is that something that is, is influencing your life? Well, it doesn't allow me to go and hike with my wife two times a week. Well, why is hiking with your wife two times a week important? Well, it's something that allows me to continue to be healthy. And I want to make sure that I'm healthy throughout the rest of my life so that I could see my grandchildren. So that's why they're there, right? Mm -hmm. So now we have a why, which then we can use to influence the, the program that we take them through, right? And it's almost like we're trying to help them we're facilitating their story and almost they're the hero in the story. And we're just kind of guiding them from where they are to where they want to be. So once Mm -hmm. we figure out the why we then want to figure out, okay, well, where do they want to go? Okay. So they want to be able to get to the point where they're hiking pain, pain pain-free if, if possible, pain-free three times a week with their wife. Okay, cool. We know where we want, want to go. Now, how do we get you there? And that's where like comes, comes in the skills um, where we're using education, communication, exercise to get them to, to those, to those areas. But I think the biggest thing that I always like to see, and this actually happened with, with a client actually that I just had a conversation is the shift in their mindset around the, around, around themselves and this particular individual, like they had come to me with, with, an injury and hadn't been active for a long period of time. Um, and just session to session, seeing it changing from like, Oh, like I, maybe I'll get a little bit better to, Oh, I'm feeling better to then like being super pumped about the things that he's accomplished and like actually co- going out his way to tell me about the things that he's done that I didn't, that I didn't even prompt out of him. So you can, you can really see a shift in clients, um, along the way when, when you take that kind of perspective of finding their why and getting them to, to where they want to go. And a, and a really cool thing that we do with clients at the end of their time with us is we, we have them fill out this card. Um, and, and on the card, it says, I got back to with a blank and we leave it up to the client to like fill out a word or what they got back to on that card. And this in particular person, instead of saying like, I got back to hiking, it's like they put, I got back to action and what I found really cool about that was 
the one thing that was really holding him back from reaching some of his goals was that he wasn't taking action in his own life around his health and around all these things. And the fact that that was his takeaway from his experience here versus I got back to, to hiking because my knee pain is improved or I got back to being pain-free, I think is pretty powerful. And it's something that we try to pull out of people um, when they come through here. I have a, a haunting suspicion. Um are you guys trying to produce good humans and not just heal <laughs> physical injuries? <laughs> yeah, I, I would say, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, we're definitely trying to influence, um, have a positive influence on people's, people's life. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that there's a lot of things that goes into that outside of, of just like helping them with their pain. Like we, we view them as a human, not as a knee injury. Right. It's mm-hmm. like something as simple as like, transitioning someone from an external locus of control to an internal one you know like and in our case it'd be something like when somebody first comes in they're very much like oh my back hurts I have no idea what to do you know I'm scared I think this is gonna be like uh, here for a long time Uh, maybe I've really hurt myself versus like two months later they're coming in and they're like, I tweaked my back a little bit last week, but you know what I did? I did all these things and I knew exactly what to do. And it was better in a day. And now actually what I want to do is I want to make my back even more healthy, you know, and I want to do this, this, and this, and they're coming up with like things that they want to try that are harder than what they ever thought they could do. Mm-hmm. So that's like a shift. That's like super, super rewarding when it happens. And so for the, the listener, just a small clarification in case you don't already know. So Will had mentioned uh, moving from an external to an internal locus of control. It's, it's basically the difference between um, we might view it as like the victim mentality versus the I can do it mentality. Like external locus of control is like things happen to me and I don't have any control over these things, which is true to some degree. Things do happen to all of us, but an internal locus of control is like I have the ability to influence things and take charge and make things happen. And when, when you stay stuck in that external locus of control, things happen to me, you're simply, in some ways, you're, I like to liken it to you're floating down a river. You're in a canoe and the river's taking you and there's nothing you can do about it. You're just subject to the river's whims. But when you're an internal locus of control, you realize, oh, there is an oar right next to me and I actually do have some influence over the things that are pushing me around in this river. Maybe I can't change the flow of the river itself, but I can paddle over to the bank or I can, you know, there, you do have some kind of, you know, ability to, to influence the things that are going on in your life. Hope you don't mind. I'm just going to take that. No, go for it. You're just going to put it in my back pocket. (laughs) The, I come back to the, I come back to the river so much, and I think it was from. Um, I've studied a whole bunch of different kind of religions uh, when I was in college, and I think it was from like a I'll call it a Buddhist sermon. I think they're Dharma talks, but just talking about the, this the journey of I, I like it because there's this just this imagery. It's like the journey of our life is like being in this canoe, and we're on this river, and there's a certain amount of current, you, you know like you didn't decide where to start the river like the river is what it is and you're kind of being taken along by some things but you do have control over 
hey, the river's splitting here. Which which direction am I going to go? Or am I just going to let it decide for me? Inaction is also a choice too. And just knowing that it's an interplay of the things that happen to us via the river and the flow of life. And then as well as our actions within that context. So it just the imagery, the imagery of it kind of helps blend it all together for me pretty well. So I'm sure I brought that up on the podcast before because it's one of my favorite kind of metaphors for how I view life and our, our place in it, I guess. Yeah, it's a good way to think about it. And I mean, to tie, even to tie that external internal locus control thing back to like our bigger mission or vision, sorry, as a, as a company is like to change the way people view healthcare. Like healthcare has always not, has quite frankly been a lot of like external, external locus of control on the, on the client. We, you know, we, we go and do something to you to help you feel better. And then they become reliant on you doing these things to the individual. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there's a time and a place where like, we we're we're here to help you with our skills, right. That you need me to be able to, to help you with that. But the ultimate goal is going to be to give you that internal internal locus of control so you can have control of your own life and your own health and go out and do that right and and that's something that we're seeing more of it in healthcare now but it's something that we really value and want to continue to push is like how do we continue to just guide people to take control of their own health one thing i wanted to ask you guys about is i i know you kind of look at as we've been talking about looking at people holistically um you, you know, you have uh, on the, the Movement PT website, uh, kind of like a nutrition section. And uh, I can't remember the actual verbiage, something along the lines of like, you don't believe in any particular diet. And I, I, I want to give you a little bit of a hard time and say, you know, how can we make any progress if we don't follow an arbitrary set of rules to the letter um, that doesn't necessarily have any evidence? Uh, but, but I mean, what does that actually mean? Like what, how do you, you know, help people with nutrition. If, if, if we're not saying you can only eat fruits on Friday and you can like these, these kind of strict rules, how do you, how do you help more? I think you work with a dietitian as well, which is good, but just like, how does that kind of come together to help people make better choices or healthier choices or, or whatever that means to you? Yeah. I mean, we do have a, we do have a dietitian on staff and she's the one that is, that helps like everyone who comes through here that needs help from a, from a diet, diet standpoint or nutrition standpoint, she's going to be there to, to guide them. So that's definitely her area of expertise. Um, like I can, I can speak from like my personal experience with like nutrition and diet. Um, and I think what we were trying to, what we're trying to get at with that particular language is just again that it's very individual to the person and that that there's not going to be one diet that that fits all all people and I I think we could agree upon that Um, of course there's principles that that we need to follow um, whether it be nutrition or whether it be from a from a physical therapy standpoint there's principles Mm -hmm. that need to be followed in order to help people get to their goals Um, but each individual is going to have a little bit of tweaks here and there. Um, so instead of being like labeling it like, oh, okay, like everyone needs to do a keto diet. Well, that's probably not the right way to think about it. It's like, there's probably key principles of maybe the keto diet that could be effective or impactful for that individual that's in front of me 
but maybe it's only parts of it and it's not going to be the whole thing right and i think it's kind of more that's kind of more the idea of that of that statement um when it comes yeah. to like the, the the nutrition stuff it's like you know what i think her approach to is is like what's going to be the most sustainable for you over the long term mm -hmm. too right because like let, let's just say a particular diet like intermittent fasting right, right? like maybe for one person just based off of their kind of habits and uh, goals that works. But another person, like if they don't eat breakfast, their whole day is just ruined, right? So for their lifestyle, it doesn't like fit, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so it's like understanding what's the person's lifestyle like, what have they tried before? Uh, what are their current habits? Uh, and what do they want to achieve and putting those things together and then coming up with a plan that's flexible uh, that utilizes all those principles, but packages it in a way that makes sense for the individual. I think that's the, I, I think maybe that's even on the, the website, the, the mention of something that's sustainable. And I think that's part of the, again, going back to the beginning of our conversation, the lack of nuance like and how how it's so much easier to be like the keto diets the miracle cure or the paleo diets the miracle cure. just like just because i think and i don't mean this in a in a mean or negative way but it's a weak mindset to think i can take this silver bullet magic pill and all of my problems will be cured and i i think many of us have probably been susceptible to that at some point in our lives cuz we, we get to a, a moment of weakness, hence the, the weak mind, mindset where it's like, I just don't know if I can deal with the struggle. I, please just solve my problem, which is where sneaky marketers come in sometimes and then sell you things you don't need. Um, not to say all marketers are sneaky because I, I market things and I try to do my best to be ethical, but it, it's, it's tough to have that nuanced conversation about diet especially because it's a big hot it's a hot topic you know you see you look at the diet industry and you're like you know keto is real big right now who knows what's going to be next but there'll be a next thing we i mean i i would i would bet any amount of money on that there will be a next thing and keto will fall by the wayside and it'll be the new maybe it's the we go back to eggs or something eggs become the holy grail again and it's just eat eggs diet or whatever like there's always something new because any of these fads don't seem to be sustainable for anybody and they end up on this yo-yo diet. And, and so it just, anytime people try to work on that, I always wonder, you know, how you approach it just because again, got to grab people's attention and then get them into this tough conversation about like, it's going to be individualized. It's going to take some trial and error. We're going to make our best guesses. It's a lot of work involved it's it's like the complete opposite of you know for only 19.95 a month i can solve all of your problems <laughs> yeah it is it is a fine it is a fine balance right and i think coming back to just like even the post that we talked about with will where he's holding the sign and it's kind of a little bit provocative it's like in terms of like getting attention but then the idea with it is to share, I mean, we try our best to share like the, as much nuance or as, as we could within the caption. And, and I also think there's some like 
honestly, self-responsibility for the individual that's consuming content to, to actually look into these things too, right? It's like, you can't just look at, like you have to look at something in, in its entirety and do, and do some digging and some, and some learning about these topics and, and try to make a, the best decision for yourself as you can, instead of just like reading one thing and jumping to it. Now, mm-hmm. I know it's hard not to get, I mean, I've been there, I've been marketed to and, and fell into that trap, of course. But I think the beautiful thing about the, the internet when, when used appropriately is it allows for people like us who are trying to put out content that's a, that's a little bit more nuanced or have this other approach to put things out there so that people can explore them to be like, Hey, this doesn't make, well, they, I read this here and I bought this little plan and it did nothing for me. I don't understand what, what are these guys saying? You know? So I think there's a, a combination of like our responsibility as the people providing the service to be as, as like upfront as we can and, and put, put it out there for doing the right thing essentially. And then I think there's some responsibility as is on the consumer and I'm a consumer as well of other products to, to actually like look into these things and maybe take in a couple of different thoughts so that you can then make a critical decision as to what's going to be best, best for you. I also think like the thing that we're trying to do, you know, is like make this kind of stuff uh, sexier, right? Right. Cause like, simple with flamingos those quick fixes are super sexy uh but the other side of it usually isn't um but you know our businesses our brand is Mm -hmm. like you see our space like it's friggin beautiful Mm -hmm. and it's super appealing uh there's like you look at it you're like oh that looks awesome like we got really good branding you know it looks good uh, we try to make things engaging and fun. And so hopefully to try to draw more people in, right? Uh, but then they're coming into a space that has all this nuance. So that's what people have to do. You know, mm-hmm. like that's how we get this out there because we're competing against people who do that and have those like really easy methods, right? Or really yeah. like, singular uh uni-dimensional thinking messages right yeah well it's i'm I'm glad you guys do it that way because it's like sometimes not always you get people that say they agree with you guys there's all this nuance and stuff and then they'll just rail about people should should just see it and all this it's like but you you have to meet people where they are totally instead of just being like you should already be where i am to have this conversation it's like no like let me meet you where you are and i'll show you the door to you know this this world of possibilities that maybe you haven't seen before yeah i mean it comes back to that internal versus external thing right and mm-hmm. like uh like there's things we can do about this to make it more appealing and like to make it more accessible right. uh for the average person, right? Like, um, so versus like what you were saying, which is like, oh, you know, these people are out there. There's nothing I can do about it. I wish people just thought this way. Yeah. Like, well, they're not exposed to it. Yeah. Um, guys, before we run out of time, especially because there's two of you, I want to give you plenty of time. Um, one thing I do a little bit differently on my show that I don't know that I've seen anybody else do is I, 
ask everybody the same question for an entire season. So, you know, I've had three seasons is my third question. And my question this year is how do you stay motivated after failing to reach a goal? That's a good, that's a good question. Um, I always reach them. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Simple. Never had to approach it yet. Well, I mean, that's, that's a good, that's a good way to go, I guess. Can I, can I try? Take that? Go for it, bro. Yeah. I, I think for me, uh, the goal doesn't matter as much as the process does. Um, and so I try to focus more on what's, what's the process, uh, that's getting me. So, you know, like, for example, my goal is to like, uh, run, you know, a hundred kilometers in the month, but I only get 80, you know, but I learn something about that process and about like, you know, maybe how I need to structure my weeks. It's like, I don't care that I get a hundred kilometers. It's like, I care more about the fact that I'm going to be better at achieving, you know, that goal the next time that I go. Yeah. And I, I think I, I would agree in a, in a sense, like I definitely, I definitely view it, view it that way. One thing I think that shifted for me just over, over the last like couple of years is just this idea of motivation itself. Um, and I've come to, to realize that like motivation is, is very up and down. It's going to ebb and flow with throughout the, throughout my, my life and, and throughout my physical endeavors or whatever it may be. So I try my best to not rely on motivation to be the sole driver for, for myself. Um, so like, you know, more about the process and like setting up the plan and what I want to accomplish. And so that, and just being consistent with that is usually what I, I use to like work towards my goals. So let's say if I don't meet that goal, I do my best to try to look at it in an objective way as to, okay, what, what didn't happen, what did happen, and then learn from those to implement into my next goal moving forward. Um, I'm also a pretty internally motivated person. I think we both are. So it, it's, it's a little bit easier for me at, at this point in the game to like stay, stay motivated with that stuff. But, I, but I think like trying to set the plan, fulfill through the plan, like go through the process and then just try to objectively learn from the good things in, in, in the losses and then implement those as you move, as you move forward. In the last couple of minutes, I, you made me think about this. So I'd, I'd like your guys' opinion. So I have this kind of philosophical approach to motivation. Um, when people talk about, you know, what's your why? And, and they come out from that position. And for a lo the longest time, I mean, we're going back at least a decade to when I was in college. I, I've always told people they need a, a bag of whys, meaning they need multiple whys. Because I believe that on any given day, maybe that singular why is just not enough today. So when, like, when you've got multiple ones, and, and often I find, you know, when I talk to Olympians and, and pro athletes and amateur athletes alike, it's often underpinned by simply, I enjoy this. You know, but there's all these things that surround it. So I just, I'd like your guys' opinion on my kind of approach of needing a series or a set of whys versus like that one holy grail of this is why I do that. 
Yeah, I'm on board. I like that at that way of like a bag of wise. I think for myself personally, I definitely have a couple, right? Like that are are set that are, are like kind of set in the different settings that that I that I live my life in, right? Like a personal why for myself, a why for our business, a why for um, my physical endeavors, a why for my relationships. Like I have those a couple of things. I like that. I've never thought of it as like a bag of whys. It's just something that I've always kind of done and, and just to maybe even add on onto that is I've always viewed it as like your why can always evolve and, and develop. Mm-hmm. I know it's I know it's always developed for me throughout the different periods of time in my life. So I think there should be some some like ability to grow within those within those whys as well. So yeah, I like that. Yeah. I I like your approach, you know, I was actually going to say something similar, you know, when you were talking about, I'm sure it's not an original thought. I just, (laughs) (laughs) but I think you need multiples because it's like, uh, things, things are going to come up where sometimes you need to set those goals aside. You know, if you're so like focused on that goal, because it's your why and it's like this and that something comes up that needs your attention. And it's like, yeah, for me, like, for example, if something was going on with like my wife or whatever, I'm dropping. I don't give a fuck. Can I swear on this? Sure. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about my other goals. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like dropping them because like, that's what, so for me, it's like, I think it's really good to have goals and be motivated, but like that process and the multiple whys are so important because sometimes, you know, they become less important. No, I think it's a good thing that, that you brought it up though, because I don't think that it's as widely thought of as you, as you think, like I, I even know for myself, like I got really caught up a lot back, like, like, let's say a couple of years ago before I've kind of like grown, let's say in my development of like trying to find this one why and always almost kind of being overwhelmed and stressed around the fact that maybe I didn't have it or I didn't know what it was. And like, I've read this stuff about people that have this one overarching why that like that this leads them throughout their life, which is probably something that was effective for them. But I do think that it's, it's, it's something that should be talked about a little bit more. I like it. I'm kind of laughing because I'm picturing Dalton on the street. Like, what's my why? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> That's, that, see, and uh, now I'm thinking about social media posts. So I'm like, now I need like a giant bag full of like big block letter Y's and like, yeah, but that's perfect, wife. right? And then you just go into you just gotta go into the nuance and the caption, man. See, we can, yeah. we can draw attention and then spit the the wisdom, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> nice, man. Um, guys, if people want to check you guys out, see the pod, listen to the podcast, all that kind of stuff, where can they find you guys? Yeah, so the best place to find us um, would be at the MVMT PTs on Instagram. We put out a lot of. Uh, free content there. We've been doing that for a while. So we got, we got a lot of content there. Um, in terms of podcasts, you can check out our, um, physio physio based podcast. It's called the PT coffee cast. You can find that on all podcast platforms. Um, and then if you guys want to check out our website, that's another place where we put a lot of, uh, our content. We have some eBooks, we have, um, some different things on there, a blog you guys can check out. Um, that would be the movement physio.ca. Guys, thank you much uh, for hanging out with me today. Yeah, appreciate it, Jesse. It was fun. Thanks for having us.